This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Huzo. Huzo is an acronym for human sound. Huzo delivers uniquely enhanced human toning sounds through headphones as well as through pads placed on your major acupuncture meridians on your body, which are your wrist and your ankles, thereby introducing a specific modulated frequency that are balancing and harmonizing throughout your body. One session takes about 30 minutes, and during that time, a strange series of tones create a natural resonance in your body that Huzo claims counteracts the harmful EMFs, toxins, and stresses you are exposed to during the day or just normal living, all while balancing the body, leaving you with a clear head, improved health, better sleep, and the feeling of calmness and well-being. You can try one at www.thisishuzo.com slash rebel. Use the code rebel25 to save $25. The folks at Huzo even have a great payment solution for you with terms up to 12 months. Check it out. I highly recommend this machine. It has changed my life and calmed me out. Thank you and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Well, 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 here we are. Episode number 100 of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. Going strong for almost four years now. We're a month shy of four years. And what a long, strange trip it's been. And I am really would like to thank you as the listeners for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I do my best to get you all the information that I can possibly get out regarding health and wellness at all levels and all modalities. And I'm super excited for this 100th episode because I have one of my favorites and one of my favorite peeps, Dr. Carrie Jones, on today. And I'm so excited that she agreed to celebrate 100 episodes with me in this episode. and. Dr. Carrie Jones is an internationally recognized speaker, consultant, and educator on the topic of women's health and hormones. She graduated from the National University of Natural Medicine School of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon, where she also completed her two-year residency in women's health, hormones, and endocrinology. Later, she graduated from Grand Canyon University's Master of Public Health program with a goal of doing more international education. She was adjunct faculty for many years at National University of Natural Medicine, 
teaching gynecology and advanced endocrinology fertility, and has been the medical director for two large integrative clinics in Portland. She is now the medical director for Precision Analytical Creators of the Dutch Hormone Test, one of my favorite tests to use to evaluate hormones and cortisol levels in men and women. I had so much fun with this one, and I hope you enjoy it. And thank you so much for listening to me bamble sometimes and listening to my episodes. I appreciate it. I appreciate all your feedback and your many reviews. And God bless and much love. Enjoy this episode. Oh my goodness, I'm so off the hook excited that you agreed to help me celebrate my 100th episode. Thank you so very much. Oh my gosh, when you wrote and said it's 100th, I said, um, that's amazing. Congratulations. First Thank of you. All. It's been four yeah. long years, man. It's been four long years. And, you know, the original episode you were on was uh, episode 36, which is in March of 2018. Oh my gosh, back in the day. Yeah. Back when we were live outside. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Well, we could go outside and enjoy, sit on the patio with other people and converse. Before we dig in today, first of all, you're you're a brilliant mind in this realm, especially with the hormone realm. You're one of the most brilliant minds I know in the hormone realm, and you're the medical keep, director. Keep, of, keep going, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you're the you are the medical director at an awesome company called Precision Analytical, mm-hmm. which, by, in my opinion, makes one of the best tests for hormone and hormones and cortisol and it, it combined oats, the complete Dutch complete, but Dutch is the gold standard, in my opinion, for us to test, for people like myself to test everything at once. Mm-hmm. And how did... I want to refresh the listeners a little bit of how you got into this realm from naturopathic medicine to hormones and then to the Dutch position analytical. Yeah, I was, um, well, I've known since I was a little girl that I wanted to be a doctor and I wanted to go into women's health. I thought I wanted to do be an OBGYN. And then I found naturopathic medicine and realized that was the route I wanted to go. I'd been on the conventional trail. I was planning to go to conventional medical school for my whole life. It's what I you know, majored in and everything. And then decided that the, the conventional route wasn't who I really aligned with. For, for every, I wasn't willing to do that uh, at that time. And so I found naturopathic medicine and I thought, this, this is what I want to do. And I could still really dive into women's health. Um, I realized I didn't really want to deliver babies, but I really liked helping women balance their hormones. And if that meant get pregnant, then that was wonderful. And so I had... I practiced for a long time um, around Portland, Oregon, and I primarily focused in women, health, hormones, you know, some thyroid gut stuff as well. And I would have the occasional man, male patient who mostly a wife was like, you go see Carrie, you know, go get your hormones <laughs> fixed. And so I had this group of really funny men who called me their gynecologist. They would they thought it was hilarious to go say, you know, I'm gonna go see my naturopathic gynecologist today. When what morphed into I I knew the owner of Dutch. I knew him from his prior life um, at a different lab he worked at, and he approached my clinic and said, I have a new test. 
I'd love to run it by you. And I thought so highly of him that I knew the test was going to be good. And so he came in and did a lunch presentation. My team agreed to try it out. I had, um, I want to say nine practitioners at the time. I was in a big integrative clinic. So MDs, NDs, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants. And so uh, I wrote him, the owner, Mark Newman, after the fact. And I said, great meeting you today, like officially in person, love the test. Do you need help? You seem like you need help. This was in 2012. And he said, yeah, I'm a startup. We just started and I can't pay you, but I can give you hormone testing on yourself and you'll learn a lot. And I, so I, I was like, done. Great. And so I started to work for him uh, on the side here and there. And then that just progressed into me becoming a consultant for them uh, and then the, their medical director. So it's I've been there. They think they believe started in June of 2012 and I came on at like, like December 2012, January 2013. So pretty close to the beginning. Yeah. Where'd you go to school for naturopathic medicine? In Portland, Oregon. There's a school at the time that I went through, it was called NCNM. Now it has become a university. So it's NUNM, National University of Natural Medicine. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I'm an older person now. (laughs) <laughs> and I kind of, I think I've missed my calling. I went to school, college originally in pre-pharmacy and never made it through the, the pharmacy program and ended up going into the military. Mm-hmm. And now circling back, I'm, you know, I went to school, applied functional medicine, and I, I love what you do. And I love, I love following naturopathic doctors because they're very, very intelligent. And a majority of them are really intelligent, like yeah. yourself and and uh, of course, Doctor, your buddy, our buddy, your buddy, my buddy, uh, in New York. Oh, Ralph. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Es- that one, Esposito. Esposito, yes. Yes. <laughs> he's on the other. He's on the men's side. You're on the women's side. Yes. Yeah. And people say a- that. Yeah, all the time. I'm, he, I'm the I'm the female to his male. Yeah. He's a brilliant mind. I just both of you are like are my favorites to follow, and and so I wanted to. I was thinking about doing cortisol today, but yeah, as I was getting ready for this, I was stalking your Instagram, which is an amazing Instagram to stalk. For all of you that do not listen or follow Dr. Carrie Jones on Instagram, I think it's a must, especially for women because she posts some amazing things. Thanks. I appreciate that. Well, it's just, and I share your post a lot because women need to hear some of the things you post and not just women, but men like the Mm -hmm. cortisol series was amazing Mm -hmm. for both parties. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I figured instead of doing cortisol today, I figured we'd have some fun. I'm in. Let's do it. I trust you. I'm ready. (laughs) <laughs> so I stalked your Instagram account and I pulled some questions from the past post. Oh yeah. Oh good. And so we're just going to kind of start there. But I really want to start with stress. Because let's face it, in in life today, we live in a society where stress is very high. Mhm. And stress is the number one driver for appointments to your primary care physician. Matter of fact, I think an estimate it's the percentage is like 75 to 90% of all appointments to 
the doctor come from stress alone or stress-related problems. Mm-hmm. So, and many of my clients ask why I keep going back to stress with them. Mm-hmm. But I am a firm believer that, and I, try, I always go back to the basics because I was taught well by Tracy Harrison. Mm-hmm. Don't go too deep. Don't over-question yourself. Look at the basics. Mm-hmm. And stress is a basic. And once you get stress under control, a myriad of other things fall into place. Amen. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how toxic is stress? <laughs> and why does it lead to so many health issues? Yeah. And basically an understanding of why we need to know or why people need to know about the HP axis, the HPA axis. Yeah. So let's yeah. start with that one today. Let's, let's start with that one. Okay. So, you know, stress is interesting. There, there is obviously good stress. And then there's, quote, not bad stress, but like less than optimal stress. So when, you, when people, and people forget, right? When you work out, when you lift weights, when you, when you, when you push yourself, you're going ha- to stress the body. And, but you, that's a good thing, generally. Um, speaking, speaking very generally, on the body, it pushes you, it helps you grow, it helps build muscle, like that kind of stuff. But what we're talking about, you and I are going to talk about, are the stress that is a real problem, that is causing us to have insomnia and gain weight and age faster and not be able to fight infections and have blood sugar issues and high blood pressure and develop panic attacks and have terrible hormones and, and, and on and on and on. And it all can cycle back to stress. And what's, what's interesting is so stress can be outside the body. So it can be like chemicals. It can be the news you watch. It can be the conversation you're having with somebody. It can be the food you eat maybe is stressful to you. You shouldn't be eating it. Um, it can be a, you know anything outside. It can be on the inside though as well. It can be the thoughts you have, the emotions you go through. If you've been infected or you know, inflamed, um, all of that can be stressful as well. The other key thing about stress is that stress is actual. Stress is imagined and stress is perceived. The reaction is the exact same in the body. And I don't think people realize that when you have an actual stressful event, you, um, you get in a fight with your partner. You get in a fight with your partner and it's, it, it causes an entire domino effect of stress response in the body. But if you don't fight with your partner, but you often fight with your partner, and so in your head, you're... Um, you're imagining like, okay, it's, it's, or anticipating like, okay, this is going to cause a fight. I know this is going to cause a fight. Here it comes, but you haven't fought yet. The body has the same cascade. It doesn't know the difference between actually fighting and you anticipating the fight. And then if you and your partner don't fight at all, but in your head, you're making mountains out of molehills and you are imagining a fight or going through a fight in your head, you know, you're, you're, then your body will react the exact same way. And that's just one example, but we I do it with our family, with our jobs, with our kids, with our relationships, with, with everything we have, how we handle the world. And so what that does then is that tells the brain we're always fighting. There's a fight or flight or freeze situation happening. And so the brain goes, well, that's serious. Let's do something about that right now. And it will run down to the adrenals and it will say, please put out cortisol and please put out norepinephrine and epinephrine or what we often refer to as adrenaline, noradrenaline. And so poof, all of that gets released into our system. Now in the short term, it's great. 
And the short term, it helps us fight. It helps us run. It helps us, you know, stand up to something. It helps us overcome an illness. If some, if the person next to you coughs and you, you know, like it helps, it helps you fight back against not getting sick against that cough, which is really important right now. But if you have it continually in your life, the stress or multiple stresses that add on to each other, then you are constantly triggering this HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. And now you have a plethora of cortisol and adrenaline in your body. What that does then is that sets off other problems systemically. So you need cortisol and epinephrine or epinephrine for blood sugar balance. So maybe now you have blood sugar issues. You get hangry, you get hungry, you're diabetic, you're pre-diabetic. It affects your blood pressure. Your blood pressure goes up. Now you're at risk for heart disease, right? You're at risk for heart attack. Now it affects your aging, the way that you're aging. You feel tired. You feel like blah. You feel like you look older than you are. You feel like maybe you're having more wrinkles, less collagen, less fullness, less less vitality. It affects your mental health. The cortisol, norepinephrine, epinephrine affects your mood. It affects how you make brain hormones. It affects how you remember. It affects your recall. So it affects your the way you sleep or that you don't sleep, how you detoxify. And this is just a small example, all stemming back from all from stress. Obviously, right. there are other reasons to cause these things. You can get high blood pressure for other reasons. You can get memory issues or you know, mood changes for other issues for sure. But when I re, when you and I, when we really dig into somebody about what their stress is like in their life, generally 75% of the time, people are like, wow, it's high. <laughs> It's really high. And yeah, and and oh, by the way, I have autoimmune, I have blood sugar issues, I have my hair is falling out, I can't sleep, I'm anxious, or I'm depressed, or I'm angry, and 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 I'm like, well, we have to start with the basics. Okay. And why and this is something I explain to my clients is a lot, is like, okay, we need to look at this at a deeper value. And this is where the Dutch test comes in. Mm-hmm. So just a brief flyover on why that's so important in the Dutch test. And why the Dutch test, using that as a tool for practitioners or myself as a health coach practitioner trained in functional medicine, why is that so important for us to look at that? So people are trying to get, yeah, we're trying to give individualized care, right? Right. And so what we say is, so um, we're we're all about tests, don't guess, no matter what, no matter how we're trained, because the Dutch test will give you your pattern of cortisol production. Are you are you up in the morning like you should be or maybe you're not? Are you too high at night and that's why you can't sleep or maybe you're 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 right where you should be. It'll tell you your production. Can you even make cortisol in the first place? And maybe that will explain or maybe you make too much. You make too much, you're on, you're, you're always on fire and this is the problem. The Dutch test will tell you what's called cortisone. Cortisone is inactive. So maybe your body makes plenty of it, but it's deactivating it. So you're so tired all the time. Because you deactivate it. And sometimes it's not cortisol. Sometimes the person's cortisol looks great and they'll go, I don't understand. I'm so tired. I'm like, well, there's lots of other hormones that deal with fatigue. Now we know it's not cortisol. Let's move on. Let's find something else. And so it really just helps us pinpoint because it's amazing because I'm I'm stressed and I'm tired covers a huge gamut of hormones, right? And a huge gamut of what what it could be. And if if you and I were just like, oh, well, here, take this supplement. Good luck. It could be the complete wrong supplement for them. But if we don't test, we don't know. Right. And the best thing about, because uh, a lot of clients come say, hey, could, why don't I just get cortisol 
from my blood or my doctor. Mm-hmm. And I have to explain to them that the reason that we, the Dutch test works so good is because it's a measurement of the whole day, mm-hmm. not yeah. just at one point. Because you could be at that one point, first of all, you can have white coat syndrome mm-hmm. drawing your blood. So your cortisol is going to shoot up because you just went to see the doctor. Right. Same way with blood sugar. I mean, a lot of people have white coat reaction and their blood and their glucose levels shoot up. That's why I, you know, measuring hemoglobin A1C is more important than the glucose. So next question. This is from the cortisol series. And it was a question. My cortisol is high at night. Help. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So. Cortisol is supposed to be down at night. So cortisol is like the sun and melatonin is like the moon. You should have high cortisol in the morning, but not too high, but it it gets up there. And then it gradually comes down the rest of the day. So think of a mountain and then the sloping peak down the mountain and that's what it should be. When it's down at night, then melatonin comes out and melatonin helps you sleep, right? Get ready for sleep, deep sleep, REM sleep, all that stuff. If you have high cortisol at night, for a lot of people, that turns everything back on and then they can't fall asleep or they can't stay asleep. So the number one thing we do is why do you have high cortisol at night? Because if you have high cortisol at night because you're stressed out, because you get a second wind and that's when you do all your computer work and have a glass of wine because you decide you have, you know, you're trying to deal with the rest of the day, trying to get everything done, that's going to be, I'm going to approach that differently being stressed out than somebody whose cortisol is high at night because they have parasites who are active at night, right? Or they have blood sugar issues. They just, they always choose to eat dessert or they completely skip dinner or they're doing lots of caffeine after dinner because they're trying to stay awake to get their second, you know, wind so they can finish their work. So we have to find out the why. Once we find out the why, why is your cortisol at high at night? Then we can address it. Is it because you don't wind down at night? Is it because you're stressed out at night? We need to help you with some calming, coping mechanisms. Is it because you have gut infection? We need to be addressing the gut infection and have you do a, a stool test as well. Is it a blood sugar issue? You have blood sugar issues and that's keeping you up at night. You can't sustain a normal, healthy blood sugar when you sleep. So you wake up because your body is telling you you're hungry. Go deal with your blood sugar. And so that's, it's, it's a very broad answer. I know people are looking for, well, just tell me the herb. Just tell me the supplement. <laughs> Can I take melatonin? Yeah, and that's not the issue. For example, if yours is a blood sugar issue and you're like, well, I heard chamomile is really good for sleep. Chamomile is not going to help you with your blood sugar issue. You know, if you have parasites, chamomile is not going to help your parasites. So yes, you can totally have chamomile tea. Go for it. But uh, or that we've still got to get back to the why. I want to talk about melatonin in a minute. Yeah. While, you're at, while we just talked about the subject, because a lot of people like think more is better. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I, yeah, it's not like I, money. Melatonin. Right. <laughs> I had somebody tell me, I said, well, how much melatonin are you taking? I'm taking 20 milligrams. I'm like, wow. How do they get up in the morning? Oh, I'd be so tired. <laughs> I, exactly. But they were still not falling asleep at 20. Hmm. So there was melatonin. deeper issues. Yeah. Melatonin's not their problem. Right. So yeah. one thing that I like to, when you take melatonin, does it affect natural production of melatonin? 
So it can. Here's what's interesting. Melatonin is starts to come out about an hour or it starts to come out. Not it doesn't peak. It starts to come out about an hour or two before your natural bedtime. So for a lot of people who work day shift, on average, that's about eight to nine p.m. ish when it starts to come out. And so melatonin, um, I believe the original MIT researchers found a physiologic dose, which is how much does your body make, is about point three milligrams. What you find on the shelf are one milligram, three milligram, five milligram. And physiologic, it's a lot less than that, 0.3 milligrams. Now in cancer, in oncology, they will use very high doses, 20 milligrams, 50 milligrams because of its antioxidant effect uh, with cancer. But when you take melatonin and some people, when they can... um, the it can tell their sort of pineal gland not to make melatonin or they'll get affected. They'll be on melatonin, they'll go off melatonin and they, again, struggle with sleep. Okay. But I find more routinely though, I'm not, I'm not as certain of that feedback loop. What I find more routinely is people don't address the cause. They just went on melatonin. So they always had high cortisol. They combat it by taking five milligrams of melatonin, super physiologic doses, really high doses comparatively. Then they sleep and then they go off melatonin and they're like, I can't sleep again. Like, did you ever address the cortisol? Did you ever address the blood sugar? Did you ever address, you know, whatever it is? Right. And if they, 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 you know, or even like for women as they get older, progesterone, you know, GABA, there's a lot of other reasons. And so um, that's what I find most of the time is the original reason was not addressed. There are people who legitimately though can't make melatonin. They have mutations in the SNPs that make melatonin and they struggle, but they usually have a long, long, long history. Their moms usually tell them, you never slept as a baby. You never slept as a toddler. You never slept. Like sleep is not your thing. And then lo and behold on the SNPs, that's an issue. Now let's go to the other extreme while we're on cortisol. When people, that cortisol awakening response in the morning where they just get out of bed and they freaking blast Mm -hmm. out of bed, and they roll so hard that they just, you know, I see that a lot with people, especially people who are very driven, i.e. myself. <laughs> I yeah. get up in the morning, it's like, poof, I'm off like a rocket. Why is that bad? And how do we control that? So the extreme end are the people who get out of bed or can't get out of bed, but they have anxiety and they have panic, right? They wake up, they're at cortisol shoots up high and instead of being productive and ready to go and type A and on it and whatever, they continue up and they go right to anxiety and panic. If they go all the way up to anxiety and panic, then I think that's the problem. Okay. But if you are in the in that area of I'm up, I'm productive, I get on with my day, then I don't worry about you as much. Okay. It depends on testing. But when you but once you're outside, once you're getting into those problematic symptoms, anxiety, panic, worry, hypervigilance, that's when I start to get PTSD okay. symptoms type, you know, like that's when I start to get concerned. Yeah. No, and then it's calming. Now I'm trying to figure out what shot you up so much. You know, like why do you why do you wake up in this state? Is it something we need to do before you go to bed? Is it something we need to do while you're in bed? You know, calming support, meditation, whatever, vagus nerve exercises, that sort of stuff. Hey you, yeah you, are you frustrated with understanding your recent lab work? Does your primary care physician say your labs are normal 
but you still feel sick? Yeah, I've been there. I know that feeling. In my approach, when working with clients, my only concern is to achieve optimum results for you. I truly believe in a test-don't-guess philosophy and getting to the root cause of dysfunction in the body, which is why I created this free lab tracker report so that you can fully understand your lab results and start to feel exceptional again. To get my free lab tracker report, text REBEL to 66866. When you download my free lab tracker, you will finally understand how to decipher your optimal ranges for your lab work, why you aren't feeling well, even though your lab work is normal, which lab results actually matter, the truth about this will actually shock you. No more wondering what all those numbers actually mean. My free lab tracker helps you understand the results of your lab evaluations so that you can take action toward better health starting today. It will be a relief when you get it and no longer have to wonder what all those numbers actually mean. So, download my free lab tracker right now and take the first step to optimal health. Text REBEL to 66866. Again, that's REBEL to 66866. Enjoy the rest of the show. I mean, I know you're a sleep tracker. I'm a sleep tracker. I've been trying this whoop out. Oh, yeah. I know people who have one of those. And I'm kind of digging it. I, I want to eventually go to the Aura Ring, but it's, it's a hefty price tag. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about, since we're on the subject of sleep, sleep and alcohol. Yeah. Because people, don't, people think that alcohol helps them sleep, which is totally the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It helps you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. You, may, you may just drink yourself into a stupor and fall asleep. <laughs> but it's really not healthy. No. And the cortisol and, and alcohol, let's talk about that mixture and why, why it doesn't give you a deep realm of sleep. And a lot of people who track will tell me that too. Um, and especially women as they head into perimenopause and menopause will say, I used to be able to enjoy a glass of wine with dinner. And now when I do, my sleep is terrible. I wake up often or can't fall asleep. And then I maybe get hot flashes, night sweats, that stuff. Because alcohol will, for a lot of people, increase their superficial sleep. They maybe can fall asleep. But it's that light superficial and they get less of or don't really hit their deep sleep. The deep sleep is where all the detoxification happens. It's where the part of your, in your brain, you have a system called the glymphatic. So we have a lymphatic system like our lymph nodes. And in the brain, they add a G to it and put, they call it glymphatic. So glymphatic system activates in your deep sleep. It's what you know, heals all the you know, cells, circulates nutrients, pulls all the crap out. And then pushes it down into your neck, into your you know your tonsils and lymph nodes, and, and hope that you can get rid of it. So by doing drinking alcohol at night before bed, a lot of people one get the blood sugar response, so that they're and the liver response, so they'll wake up usually between like one and three in the morning, depending when they went to bed, to combat the fact they're detoxing the alcohol and it maybe is affecting their blood sugar. 
and they're getting this superficial sleep. They're not hitting that deep sleep so they don't wake up with their brain detoxified and ready to go either. And then when you track, you will see it. So whether you use the a, a watch like a like that or um, the Fitbit or the Aura Ring, you know, people will say, "Oh my gosh, my temperature went up, my blood pressure or my uh, pulse went up, my heart rate variability went down, which is a bad thing." You know, my all that my deep sleep went down because. You, you, it's a lot to process alcohol in the body. It's not right. like water. It's not like water. Exactly. And it really affects everything. And so when you're younger, for a lot of people, they can get away with it. They don't have as much <laughs> crap of the world right. in their body and in their system and what have you. And so my younger patients are like, oh, I can... You know, like I don't have any problem. I'm like, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, just wait. Especially my women, you know, they'll say on my 45th birthday, I can't drink wine anymore. It completely affects me. I'm like, yep, yep, I know. It's, it's, it's reality. It is reality. Mm-hmm. And it's. I noticed that. Well, one of the things that happened to me, I, I was diagnosed with a mild bipolar disorder. And this was before I got into this realm of health and and learned what medications are for or do to your body mm-hmm. or prescription medications, especially. I was put on low dose Seroquel, and I took myself once I learned, went through the school, learned all about this. I took myself off of it, and it was yeah. the hardest thing in the world to come off of. And I've been working on my sleep ever since. And this mm-hmm. is about two years now because I don't, when I took that little dose of Seroquel, I would sleep like a boss. I would, I, I mean, a hurricane could come through the house and I'd be like the witch in, in the, in the <laughs> what's the name of that? The Wizard, Wizard of, of Oz. Oz. Yeah. And I'd be spinning around like I, I wouldn't, I would not wake up. But now I've got to do some biohacking things to get myself to sleep, like a Epsom salt bath. I also do, a, a, I have a Huzo, which I've talked about a lot on here, but it's a, it's a human sound. You put the headphones on, pads go on your acupuncture meridians, your ankles and your wrist. And for 30 minutes, this tone comes through your body and it vibrates those pads. And it puts me, it takes me out of that, paras, that uh, sympathetic mode and puts me right into a parasympathetic mode. Mm-hmm. It's boom, 30 minutes and I'm, Lights out. So I had to do all that. And now that I've been tracking my sleep for quite some time, I noticed that if I have more than one glass of wine or bourbon, I don't, my sleep, my, my sleep doesn't look as good. Mm-hmm. And my recovery is not as good as when I just don't have any at all or just right. one glass. So it's important. Yeah. And people don't get that unless you're tracking it. Right. And they don't, um, for some people, they don't want to admit the correlation. Right. You know, they don't, they don't want to give up their alcohol. And um, man, sleep is everything to me. And I, I definitely, I, I don't drink, my husband and I, we don't drink that often um, just because it completely affects my sleep. Right. And it seems, for as a woman, mine seems to be correlated maybe with my cycle. That's what I'm trying to figure out. If, if I'm closer to my period or closer to ovulation, how do I do better with process? Even if I just have one glass of 
biodynamic, glyphosate-free, low sugar. You know, I do all the things, right? Like I'm not just buying, you know, out of- Crap wine. Yeah, crap California wine that's sprayed. I'm buying real good stuff. And so, and even still, some nights it's it's great. Some nights it doesn't affect me. I also biohack, you know, like I take NEC, I take glutathione, (laughs) I take- B vitamins and you know I I know what I'm doing and it and so but and then other nights it doesn't work at all. Other nights I'll have a glass of the same wine and uh, I'm awake constantly through the night and so I have to be really really careful, especially when I travel, if I have to lecture, because right. I don't want to put myself at that kind of risk. And I you know the, usually the quality at the hotel bar is not that great, so I'm like <laughs> meh. You know, or whatever right, the convention, right. the convention, the convention will have a wine bar, and I'm like, no, 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 this is not going to be worth it. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm not, unfortunately, all our conventions are shut down for a while. Yeah, which is sad for because a long I was, while. <laughs> I was really looking forward to the uh, S or the A4M in, in Orlando in May it got moved to August. Did you it know got that? moved to August. Yep, yeah. I got the, re- I got the, and they said I can use my tickets though, so I'm geeked about that. Yeah. But then are they still going to do... Well, they'll still do December in Vegas, so that's fine. They will still do December yeah. in Vegas as far as I know. Yeah. Because the email yeah. said I could use it for either. They said we can, you can accept the Vegas one or you can go to the... So... Yeah. I'll uh, be honest though, and I know this is a side topic. I've never been to the spring A4M. I go to the Vegas one every single year. I've been for years because right. of Dutch, but... I've always had another conference I've had to be at during the spring one. So I've never gone to the spring one. But I do know the Vegas one is exponentially bigger. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about taking them up on the offer and changing yeah. my tickets to December. Because that one usually has like the, the cream of the crop speakers. and it's, Yeah. It's more, um, more options for sure. There's right. main stage. There's tons of breakouts. There's tons of things happening at the same time. Yeah. Obviously, it's a bigger... You know, it's at one of the casinos. So it's a huge right. conference hall. It's obscene. So, yeah. I don't know and why alcohol in Vegas came in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sin, the Sin City, right? The Sins, right? Sin right. City. So, yeah. So, let's talk about... Uh, we're talking about tracking your sleep and sleep. And I kind of want to roll into medications a little bit. How does medications... And, and a lot of people don't get this. Like Ambien, mm. all medications affect your body in some aspect, mm-hmm. but, but medications and cortisol. Yeah, because that's what's on your question under the cortisol yep. series. There is so much about medication and cortisol we don't know, but people experience it. So there's, let me give you some examples. There's some research that says um, they gave 600 milligrams of aspirin and found that it suppressed. ACTH. ACTH comes from the brain, tells the adrenals to make cortisol. So it can affect cortisol. Now, it was a one-time dose. People will ask me, well, I take a baby aspirin every day. Will that affect it? It might. I don't know until we test. There's the skin medication, Accutane. Accutane in some studies has shown to actually uh, kill cells in the hippocampus, not the hippocampus, the hypothalamus, that then will suppress, uh, go on to suppress cortisol. And I actually learn that from an endocrinologist, an endocrinologist who is working somebody up for Addison's, which is the autoimmune, mm. unable to make cortisol. And the person happened to be on Accutane and the endocrinologist said, hi, I wonder if it's the medication. Did some research, took them off Accutane and they were able to bounce back. They didn't have Addison's. It was wow. because of the medication. Steroids. Steroids are a big one. Um, this time of year, everyone's on allergy medication, steroid related, steroid nasal sprays, um, steroid inhalers, right? They, have, they get exercise-induced asthma. They get you know spring asthma. 
Maybe they're on steroids because of they're on prednisone. They have an autoimmune condition or they got stung by a bee or something like that. That will suppress cortisol as well. So they're doing their nasal spray every day and can't figure out why they are so tired. Steroids will do it. Mm-hmm. Ambien, um, Sonata, things like that, they don't necessarily affect... They're not suppressive to cortisol, but they do not generally get the person through their all their sleep stages that you're to go through for that will help with detoxification and healing through the night. And they most often stay sort of in that superficial realm. So you sleep, it definitely knocks you out. But as far as getting the best benefit to your brain and to, you know, waking up refreshed and longevity and hormone production, it's, and some people, it's, not that quality. And then of course, you have to deal with some of the side effects of those medications, such as sleep walking and, and doing like really crazy things. Um, I've had, I had a patient who took a sleep medication on a plane and an airplane and she woke, she came to consciously in the hotel. She was flying internationally. So she had a long flight, woke up, came to in the hotel. She had managed to go through customs, get her luggage, Get a taxi, get to the hotel, but she was she was in under the influence of the medication the whole time. She doesn't remember any of it. She remembers getting on the plane, taking her medication, and then coming to in the hotel of her foreign country. Nothing bad happened to her, but she oh, doesn't good. remember anything in between. Somebody else I know was taking Ambien and came to getting arrested. He was hmm. he was getting thrown against a cop car and handcuffed, and he wow. doesn't know he didn't remember. Anything. anything between going to bed and getting arrested wow because of it my in fact a, a former um, employee that i worked with uh, she would sleep eat so she would get up and she she couldn't understand why she was gaining all this weight and she would get up in the middle of the night she would make elaborate dinners she would clean it all up and go back to bed so she never saw her evidence wow yeah it's insane wow. It's insane with the medication. And some people, obviously not everybody, but like enough, I have enough personal stories that I'm like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of people that are telling me some crazy stuff. It's not like anyone's winning the lottery or you know, inventing cures for stuff. Nobody's doing cool things. They're all like scary things. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. All right. So how does Dr. Carrie Jones handle her stress in her sleep? Um, I do. So I track like crazy. Um, I do. I have blue light blocking glasses that I generally, I, in fact, I usually have them. When I'm looking at the computer, I usually have, I have day and I have nighttime glasses. I'm big on a wind down routine. So at night I dim lights and I try to be off my screens. I'm not great at it. I try to read something real before bed. So a book or a magazine or, or something um, not, a, not screen related. Uh, I drink a lot of holy basil tea, which is known as Tulsi. Mm-hmm. Tulsi works really, really well for me for just bringing it down a level, calming me down. And it doesn't make me sleepy. It just pulls me more into the parasympathetic so I can use it in the day as well. Okay. I do a lot. I exercise a lot. I journal a lot. I have what I feel is the greatest dog in the whole world. And so I love and pet and adore on my dog all the time because he increases my oxytocin. Yeah. And um, even though I'm married, my dog does it way better. <laughs> he does a way better <laughs> job. <laughs> that's um, yeah, so I do, that's, I, do a, I do a lot of that. I do a lot of that. I have a beautiful backyard uh, that I looked into with this house I claim zero credit for. 
previous owners did it. Um, and I like we've we've bunnies and we have squirrels and we have birds and we have hum, hummingbirds and so I, I'm outside of my backyard a lot. My we I live in um, the Pacific Northwest. I'm surrounded by nature. I'm very yeah. I think I like to think I'm outdoorsy. And so we hike and we we camp and we go for drives yeah. and you know beautiful. so those are the kind of and then I don't do them every day. I don't want people to think like, well I don't have time right. for that. Like it's definitely <laughs> an as needed basis. You know, if I need to journal, I journal if I need to get it out, I exercise. If I, you know, need tea, I drink Tulsi. And so yeah. I just, that's what I do. Okay. Yeah. Now you're a moon person. I, I, we're both cancers, I believe. <laughs> my um, rising is cancer. My moon is cancer. Okay. Yeah. And, I'm a Gemini. And, with, okay. Uh, you're a Gemini. Okay. Yeah, with a and cancer the moon moon. affects me. There's how the, I can feel a full moon coming. And I think we've yeah. joked about this on Instagram. Yeah. I can feel it coming a, a week before. Yeah, the moon talks to me. The moon is who told me to go to naturopathic medical school. Wow. She came, it was a full moon. I was going for a run at night, which I don't recommend that women do, but I, that's when you're young and dumb, that's what you do. And I walked out of my house to go for a run on a full moon. And the moon was literally like, you need to go to naturopathic medical yeah. school. Turn around, go back in the house and go tell your friends. And I did. <laughs> that's wow. what I did. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the moon just tells me what's yeah. up. yeah. Does that affect your sleep? Um, it can. It can. It depends on, uh, I mean, maybe maybe this is too woo. I think it depends on maybe what sign the full moon is in. Not all uh, full, moon, full moons do. Some yeah, full yeah, exactly. moons I feel really resonate with me and they're really good for me. Um, this last full moon we had, believe it or not, was good for me. I, yeah, me I, too. I feel like it moved a lot of good stuff and it was really positive. Other full moons, I'm just a tragic wreck. So. And, and last <laughs> year, for some reason, I, I, and I always joke with my mother, got rest her soul, but uh, you know, it's like mom, Mercury's, uh, whatever it was called, Mercury's in retrograde. retrograde. And she was like, what the heck does that mean? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, but it stinks. <laughs> yeah. No, just trust me. Just trust yeah, me. Just trust me. It's not good. It's yeah. Not last good. year was yeah. a total nightmare. Uh, and a but, lot of women will sink with the moon, right? They'll yeah. ovulate or Oxygen, bleed yeah. with a full or a new moon. And yeah. then that will also, you know, affect their sleep. So women yeah. who maybe ovulate with a full moon, you get the full moon effect plus they're ovulating. So I have, will have women say, wow, was that extra powerful for me? What exactly. is going on? You know, I'm like, well, it's, that's a lot as a woman coming at you. And, or the opposite, they're getting their period, their progesterone is down, it's a full moon. And so they're like, I'm anxious and I can't sleep. Like, yep, a combo maybe of hormones and moon effect. Yeah. And now I know, since we're here, we'll talk about women and hormones now. Yes. Because my favorite, one of my favorite books, and I have it on, I have it on tape, or I have it on Audible, and I also have it as a book. Is Estrogen Matters? Oh, I have it right. Yeah. Wait. I have it by my oh, bed. Oh, right there. I have it right sad there. Because why do somebody asked me the other day, why do you have Estrogen Matters by your bed? It's amazing. I have the whole thing highlighted. Yeah, it's it's the best book, and it, I, I recommend it to all female clients. Like, okay, go grab this book. And read it. Let's. I want to touch base on what are your thoughts on hormone replacement therapy or HRT. So I will start by saying um, that there are a lot of HRT. So everyone thinks hormone replacement therapy is just estrogen, but if you think about it, thyroid medication gets replaced, DHEA right. can get replaced, testosterone can get replaced, estrogen can get replaced, progesterone can get replaced, and depending on your views on it, like melatonin and vitamin D are hormones too. Exactly. But they're not typically lumped in as with with HRT. So when somebody says, should I go on HRT? I'm like, well, it depends. Do you need testosterone? 
progesterone, you know, testosterone, estrogen, like what, what kind of HRT do you need? So I'm a big fan of HRT when it's the right person, the right with the right risks and backgrounds that I've checked out and like for the right reasons, the right dosing. Absolutely. So sometimes people I like they just need DHEA. Sometimes they just need progesterone. Sometimes they need a combo, testosterone, progesterone. Sometimes they need everything. I give them estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and DHEA. It kind of really depends. Okay. That's... And and women like that. Women are like, I don't have to jump into estrogen. I'm like, not necessarily. Not necessarily you don't want right. to. Yeah, we can start with other things. HRT doesn't mean everything right. that you have to take. It's it's a big umbrella. Let's talk about night flashes and and insomnia and progesterone. Mm. A lot yeah. of women, especially now, are going through perimenopause at a younger age mm-hmm. because of a lot of different reasons. Stress, one of them, in my opinion. Another reason is birth control at a young age. I don't want to get into diagnosing somebody without testing them, but insomnia and progesterone. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I personally was, I do a little test progesterone. This is part of my biohack on my skin at night. Mm-hmm. Just a little, like one squirt of a cream mm-hmm. and, it, and it helps calm me down. Yeah. So progesterone, when it converts into, when it gets turned into other, we call them metabolites. A big one it gets turned into is called aloe. It, well, it turns into alpha pregnenolone, which goes on to create allopregnenolone. We shorten it to aloe, A-L-L-O, not the plant, but right. the hormone, aloe. Aloe crosses the blood-brain barrier and supports your GABA-A receptors. GABA is your most inhibitory neurotransmitter in your brain. It's your biggest calmer downer. It's your biggest anti-anxiety. So for women who don't ovulate... They don't make progesterone, whether she's young and doesn't ovulate or perimenopausal, menopausal doesn't ovulate. When you don't make progesterone, you tend to have worse sleep, not as calm, maybe more anxiety. And I hear this a lot from women when they transition into perimenopause. They'll say, I used to sleep well and I don't sleep very well right now. Or I used I I have maybe low level anxiety, or I like dealt with anxiety off and on. I thought I had it under control, and now I hit my forties and my anxiety's back. What is going on? And I'll say a lot of contributing factors, but a big one is you're missing out on the robust anti anxiety calm down aspect of progesterone on GABA in your brain. And depending on the woman, we try to get her ovulating again. So when you when you release the egg as a woman, only then do you make progesterone. It's very it's a very clear cut. Release egg, make progesterone. So if you can, we try to get you to ovulate again to make it on your own. But if you can't, for example, if you're heading into menopause and the ovaries are done, they're shutting down, then for a lot of those women, we will work on HRT. Maybe we'll do horm- um, progesterone replacement therapy. Okay. Really help them. Yeah. What is what are your top three supplements and why? Top three supplements and why. So, well, I'll tell you for me personally, and then I'll maybe branch out. So for me personally, I do a lot of I do a mitochondrial support blend, um, just because hormones are made in the mitochondria. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget that. A lot of things damage the mitochondria, like chemicals and you know stress. 
And it's obviously our powerhouses. We learned that way back in, I don't know, grade school, middle school, high school, that there are powerhouses for energy and we want that. So I do a mitochondrial blend. I do omega-3s and I do four to five grams of omega-3s every day. Not little doses by far. I do much better with higher doses. I'm also Scandinavian. So I feel like that I need that fish oil mm-hmm. <laughs> for my type. <laughs> and then um, I'm trying to think of... I. I mean, I take a plethora of stuff, but like what I, oh, magnesium. I can't live without magnesium. Yeah. I take magnesium every single night and um, it makes a world of difference. I would say a lot of maybe, you know, the US or just even sort of developed countries or and maybe all countries, I just haven't looked into it, are, but are magnesium deplete. Um, and it's really calming. It's really good for muscles. It's really good for the brain. It's really good to combat stress. It's really good for sleep. It's the coenzyme, so it's the helper enzyme or helper nutrient for so many chemical reactions. And you know, you do Epsom salt baths; that's magnesium. And right. and so, um, if I'm, I take my magnesium with me everywhere I go. Yeah, that's a bottle yeah. that goes with me as well. Yeah, that's a big one for yeah. me. Yeah, so those are probably my like top three. If that means okay. mitochondrial support, omega threes, and magnesium. So, and I would say, you know, if people are looking just for a really general, generally considered safe, you know. Um, like stress support. Um, that again, the herb I mentioned earlier, holy basil. Holy basil. It's a great one. It's generally considered pretty safe. They sell it as a tea, you know, that uh, the um I think it's traditional medicinal sells it. I, if I'm wrong, I feel terrible. Yeah. But I drink one that's a it's holy it's Tulsi Sweet Rose. And they have like and I don't obviously have any affiliation, but my point is like you can go out and buy it too. You can probably get on Amazon, you can support your local grocery store. And when you're feeling stressed out, drinking holy basil tea might make a world of difference for you. So, especially now, that could be helpful for some yeah, people. Yeah, we're going through that time. For we sure. are going through that time. And then people will ask me like, well, why don't you say vitamin D? Or why don't you say vitamin A? Or why don't you say this, that, and the other? I'm like, yeah. And there's a time and a place. For all that. For, for all of it. A hundred percent. But you told me three, so. <laughs> yep. G- GABA. I like my GABA. I like mm-hmm. maca and mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But for then men again, and women. yeah, maca is a high for me. I don't know why, but it, it yeah, it, yeah, it gives me like this happy maca, maca and gaba combined. And I'm I'm like the happiest person in the world. That's fantastic. See that <laughs> doesn't I don't get that. See, I don't get that response from it. You know what I recently started doing that I love is lion's mane. Yeah, lion's uh, mane for the, for the clarity and focus, uh, and especially when you're stressed out, clarity and focus. And then I had the, it's like a tea, it's like powder, you know, yeah. I just mix it in hot water and not, it's not bad. And I, I have noticing a difference. Yeah, I, I have, I do that. And I also do from, they're up in your uh, tropics, silt up from. Oh yeah. Up in, uh, it's in Portland. It's up in, in, in the Oregon, great Northwest. The uh, company? Yeah. Natural stacks. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I use yeah. the cell tip and the mushroom powder. I actually use mushroom powder a lot. I mean, I put it in my coffee in the morning, the five defenders. It's hard to get I, used to the reishi in your coffee because <laughs> reishi has got I, the dirtiest taste in the world. But yeah. now I've been using, and people, I go to Bourbon Festival once a year. And in the morning, I get up and I make my coffee and I put, Scoop of pro, of of shock or the five defenders mushroom powder, 
and coconut oil. And my buddy is like, you just need to wear Indian headband and rattles every morning. <laughs> yeah, I, some people don't get it. I've been using that five defenders for a long, long time, and I hardly ever get sick. I think I have it in my pantry. I was looking last night for something, and I realized that I had a I had a packet of it, and I didn't even know that I had because I've been like, I've been using the Lion's Mane, and I'm using another mushroom company. Um, it's actually out of out of Australia called Super Feast, okay. but they ship to the U.S. And right now, um, <laughs> and they've the cute as a girl, they have the cutest containers, so <laughs> that like sucks me in. So <laughs> I so I love their stuff. So I've been actually been now with all the virus stuff, right. I've been using yeah. a multitude of their mushroom blends. Mushroom um, sugar. Uh, yeah, Mostly mushroom. because their containers yeah. are cute, but I do have. The, I think I have the defenders. defenders yeah. yeah, I think I have that in my pantry. They're up in the Pacific Northwest too. Actually, he went to the University of Portland, uh, which is why I think I think it was a local thing event I went to, and that's I got a free yeah. thing of it, and I was pretty psyched. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Last one, last question, and yes. if you had thirty minutes to forty-five minutes to kill or chill, which we need, most uh, don't, most of us don't have. But what album or artist would you put on in this? I mean, I've asked that question before. So this is a new version. This is a different time. This is two years later. What would you put on to relax or dance to or just to chill out? So I have found a new station. I listen to Pandora, everyone else to Spotify. But I've had Pandora so long, it's dialed in. So my new favorite station on Pandora, I'll tell you, is called Chill House Radio. Chill House Radio, and I'm obsessed with it because I listen to a lot of instrumental music when I'm working, when I need to calm down, when I need... Uh, it's not right. upbeat at all, but it's like piano and nature sounds and stuff like that. And I needed the next level. I needed something that was like, had a beat, you know, but like still I could do work and not get distracted. So Chill House Radio is what I've been loving uh, lately. I'm writing that radio. down. Chill House Radio. Chill House Radio. Yes. On Pandora. On Pandora. I'm sure Spotify has something similar. It's just what they call it on and it's, it's basically it's kind of like house music but dialed way down like like a lot more instrumental yeah. like a lot more long length and so it's like it's like just good to work to that i don't get like i okay. don't get i don't get the need to like jump up and dance or get distracted or be like oh i love this song and i know all the words it's, awesome yeah well thank you so much for taking the time to celebrate <laughs> my 100th episode man i love it 100 let's give you a round of applause oh uh, no I'm that is cool. Four years, and and my whole goal and was just to talk about everything health and wellness and get the word out there to people that don't really listen. Yeah, you know, and hundred episodes later, here you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally growing too. It's finally growing. <laughs> it took a long time. People get. I almost gave up, and I was like, you know what? The the moon. It was the moon in the universe said. Mm-hmm. Tom, you're doing something for the good of the world. Keep going. Keep going. And now it's just skyrocketing. Here you are. I love it. Yeah. I love that so much. Bless you so much. And thank cool. you. Much love to you and your husband. And, and to, you know, stay, stay well and healthy and keep doing what yeah. you're doing. You're a brilliant mind. And I appreciate you and what you do for the world. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. And when we're allowed to travel again and when I'm allowed to go to Atlanta, my parents, as you know, my parents live right. in Atlanta. I'll let you know. So we yeah, can actually, I'd love like, to meet for coffee. I know. Closer than six feet apart, right? right. Or <laughs> live yep. in person. 
Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.